All right, welcome to the podcast. Today we will be talking about personality disorders. All right, so let's start off with some definitions. So first of all, what is a personality disorder? Uh, Personality disorder basically uh, involves patterns of behavior that deviate uh, substantially from how an, an individual is expected to behave. And I'm not talking about, you know, odd quirks or just kind of weird ways that some people will act or behave. Um, we all have these things. We all act different. It's kind of what makes us uh, individual people. But a personality disorder is something that is pathological that causes significant impairment in your social or occupational functioning. All right, let's continue with our definitions and talk about egocentonic and egodystonic behaviors. So the uh, first aid for the site clerkship uh, definition of egocentonic refers to feelings, thoughts, and or behaviors that are acceptable to oneself that are consistent with one's fundamental personality. Whereas egodystonic refers to feelings, thoughts, and or behaviors that are distressing, unacceptable, or inconsistent with one's self-concept. So the way I really like to think about egocentonic versus egodystonic uh, behaviors is egocentonic behaviors uh, typically are behaviors that will uh, help you in one way or the other, or at least not cause you fundamental distress. Whereas egodystonic behaviors are things that, uh, you know, will or could potentially harm you and does cause you some sort of uh, significant distress. And there's obviously more that goes into that, but that's the way I really like to think of it. Egocentonic doesn't cause you significant distress, can potentially help you. Egodystonic causes you distress and could potentially harm you. And the reason why I bring this definition up is because uh, these personality disorders are typically seen as egosyntonic or at least neutral, uh, whereas compared to other psychiatric disorders that are considered to be egodystonic. So these uh, personality disorders are grouped into clusters. There's three different clusters, cluster A, cluster B, and cluster C. Uh, Cluster A personality disorders consist of schizoid, schizotypal, and paranoid personality disorders. Uh, Cluster B consists of antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic personality disorders. And Cluster C consists of avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive personality disorders. The tricky thing with personality disorders is you will not only need to know the personality disorder so that you can distinguish it from another personality disorder or another psychiatric condition, uh, but you also need to know what cluster that personality disorder uh, falls under. So I think the best way to memorize this is just through mnemonics. Uh, the best mnemonic that I found for the cluster personality disorders for you know characterizing them is the mnemonic uh, weird, wild, and worried. Uh, and that describes the different clusters. So cluster A would be the weird, cluster B is the wild, and cluster C is the worried personality disorders. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the different personality disorders in their individual clusters. So first we'll start off with cluster A, the uh, worried personality disorders. Uh, Cluster A consists of schizoid, schizotypal, and paranoid personality disorders. 
So patients with schizoid uh, personality disorder, let's start off with that one. Uh, they basically have a lifelong pattern of social withdrawal. So they are kind of quiet, not really sociable, um, have a, a constricted affect. Basically, they don't have a desire for close relationships and just prefer to be alone. And unlike patients with another personality disorder, avoidant personality disorder, patients with schizoid personality disorder just prefer to be alone. Uh, there's no like worry or uh, thought of, oh man, I really wish I could hang out with these people, but I'm afraid of embarrassing myself or anything like that. It, it's not that at all. They just prefer to be alone. And there is a DSM-5 criteria for schizoid personality disorder, but I'm not going to go over it. Uh, basically, the only thing I want you to remember for schizoid personality disorder is someone who has no desires for a close relationship with other people, and they just prefer to be alone, and it doesn't cause them any stress uh, to be alone. Schizotypal personality disorder consists of uh, really eccentric behavior, peculiar thought patterns, basically someone that's very odd or strange uh, when compared to their peers. I think schizotypal personality disorder, from what I've seen, really kind of centers around having these odd thoughts, uh, particularly things like uh, superstitions or magic or you know bizarre fantasies. Basically, uh, kind of constitute schizotypal personality disorder. Uh, the DSM five criteria for schizotypal personality disorder, I think, does a good job of explaining what exactly it is. So I'm going to go through it here with you. Uh, the DSM-5 criteria are met when you have five or more of the following. Uh, so the first one is ideas of reference. Second, odd beliefs or magical thinking inconsistent with cultural norms. Third, unusual perceptual experiences. Four, suspiciousness. Five, inappropriate or restricted affect. Six, odd or eccentric appearance or behavior. Seven, few close friends or confidants. Eight, odd thinking or speech. Nine, excessive social anxiety. And you have to have uh, five or more of those to be diagnosed with schizotypal personality disorder. And the magical thinking uh, can include things like a belief in telepathy, uh, bizarre fantasies, superstitions, uh, basically being able to perform magic on other people, uh, kind of these very strange, bizarre uh, th thoughts, uh, but uh, very consistent with schizotypal personality disorder. Basically, whenever I see anything really consistent with magical thinking, uh, whether on a, a question or when talking to a patient, schizotypal personality disorder definitely comes up on my radar. And this one is uh, a little tricky to, to differentiate between uh, schizotypal personality disorder and like, something like schizophrenia. Um, but again, this is egosyntonic and not egodystonic like schizophrenia would be. Uh, the treatment for uh, most of these personality disorders is just uh, psychotherapy. But for schizotypal personality disorder, one thing to remember is sometimes you can uh, do a low-dose course of antipsychotics uh, if you deem it necessary, uh, like if a patient has transient psychosis or something like that. So remember, schizoid, they have no desire for close relationships, just prefer to be alone. Schizotypal personality disorder has this like, magical thinking. 
The last cluster A personality disorder is paranoid personality disorder. So someone with paranoid personality disorder basically is someone who's very suspicious of other people without any evidence that they are trying to you know, exploit them or deceive them. Uh, you know, they're really worried that their, their spouse or their st- significant other or their friends are not loyal to them. Uh, they don't really uh, confide in a lot of other people. Uh, because they're you know paranoid about what uh, might happen if others have certain information about them, uh, they have grudges. Uh, they have again suspicion that their spouse or significant other is not uh, loyal to them or is maybe cheating on them. Uh, constantly having these thoughts of uh, indiscretion, and then often they'll interpret. Uh, these benign, just kind of passing remarks as threatening or demeaning remarks uh, toward the patient. So this one's pretty straightforward. You know, you can basically uh, ascertain what paranoid personality disorder is just from the name. Um, the thing to remember with paranoid personality disorder, uh, as far as treatment goes, psychotherapy, again, treatment of choice, um, but you want to avoid group psychotherapy uh, just due to the patient's uh, innate mistrust of other people or maybe misinterpretation of other people's statements during group therapy. All right, let's move on to cluster B personality disorders. Uh, cluster B personality disorders includes antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic personality disorders. All right, so let's start off with antisocial personality disorder. Uh, I think the first aid for the Psychiatry Clerkship book does a really good uh, job of defining antisocial personality disorder, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it here. Uh, It says that patients diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder often exploit and violate the rights of others and break rules to meet their own needs. They lack empathy, compassion, and remorse for their actions. They are impulsive, deceitful, and often violate the law. They are frequently skilled at reading social cues and can appear charming and normal to others who meet them for the first time and do not know their history. So basically someone who is diagnosed or who meets the criteria for antisocial personality disorder is someone who is very deceitful, uh, does not care about others, lacks empathy or compassion, uh, breaks rules, so often you know, breaking rules of, of you know, society, but also can even violate laws, uh, but also at the same time appear charming and normal to others who meet them for the first time and don't know, you know what their past is like or what they've done. So they're very manipulative. The big thing to remember for antisocial personality disorder is really the uh, criteria for uh, diagnosis. So in order to meet the criteria for antisocial personality disorder, a patient must be at least 18 years old. If they are under 18 years old, then they are diagnosed with something else called conduct disorder. Uh, Basically the same thing, uh, but in a minor. Uh, And we'll talk about different psychiatric uh, disorders in children in a different podcast, and we'll talk about conduct disorder. But just remember that you need to be at least 18 years old in order to qualify for antisocial personality disorder. You also have to uh, show a pattern of disregard uh, for and violation of the rights of others since the age of 15. So it's not necessarily that, you know, someone has these antisocial personality traits 
uh, starting in their mid-20s or 30s or something like that, and then they're diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, they have had to show these traits uh, before the age of 18, so since they were around age 15, uh, to qualify for antisocial personality disorder. Again, if they're before 18, it's conduct disorder, but then once they hit 18 and have shown these traits before the age of 18, then they qualify for antisocial personality disorder. Uh, one thing to remember with pers- antisocial personality disorder is that uh, typically it's a chronic course. Uh, pharmacotherapy doesn't really work. Uh, psychotherapy in this case doesn't really work. Uh, a lot of these uh, patients unfortunately end up in the uh, prison system uh, just considering their uh, lack of remorse uh, for others and committing unlawful acts. Uh, so it's kind of a sad one, but um, important to remember the criteria for diagnosis for the exam. All right, next is borderline personality disorder. Uh, Patients with borderline personality disorder have unstable moods, behaviors, and interpersonal relationships. These are people who are very clingy, they fear abandonment, uh, have a poorly formed identity, uh, they have intense attachments uh, when they begin relationships with others, uh, and they end these relationships with just the slightest conflict. They also often have a history of repeated suicide attempts or gestures or uh, episodes of self-mutilation. That's a very common uh, buzzword on a test. You know, someone who has some sort of personality disorder, they're really clingy to somebody, Uh, they had this great relationship, something happened that seemed to be kind of minor, they ended it, and then, you know, tried to commit suicide or uh, hurt themselves. Uh, often diagnosed with borderline personality disorder on top of you know something else, maybe like a major depressive disorder or something. A good, albeit long, uh, mnemonic that I really like for borderline personality disorder is impulsive. So spelling out the word impulsive, I is for impulsive, M, moody, P, paranoid under stress, U, unstable self-image, L, Labile, intense relationships. S, suicidal. I, inappropriate anger. V, vulnerable to abandonment. And E, emptiness. So basically, you know, thoughts of emptiness. Uh, One thing to remember for borderline personality disorder is it's diagnosed three times more often in women than men, uh, much more common in women. They also have a very high suicide rate, uh, up to 10%. And there are a couple buzzwords you want to remember for borderline personality disorder. Uh, The first buzzword that you really want to remember is splitting. Uh, Splitting is a defense mechanism that uh, borderline personality disorder patients commonly use. uh, And it's basically them viewing others uh, and themselves sometimes as all good or all bad. So basically you'll go in and see them and they'll be like, oh man, you're the only doctor that's ever helped me. You're the best doctor ever in the world. Every other doctor sucks, um, but once I met you, I knew you were great. Or they're in a relationship and they think the person that they're with is the worst person in the world. You know, every other person would make them happier, uh, but the the person that they're with is just an awful, awful person. And it can honestly 
cycle. So sometimes patients will think, oh man, this person's the worst. But then a couple days later, they might think, oh man, you're the best person ever in the world. And again, that's splitting. The other buzzword you want to remember for borderline personality disorder is dialectical behavioral therapy. And dialectical behavioral therapy, or DBT, is uh, a type of uh, psychotherapy, and it's the treatment of choice for borderline personality disorder. And it basically includes CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, um, different mindfulness skills, and then other group therapies. Uh, but that's definitely one to remember for borderline personality disorder. Uh, you can also use pharmacotherapy. Uh, it's shown to be fairly effective in borderline personality disorder. You can think, use things like mood stabilizers, antipsychotics, antidepressants, uh, not really anything real specific for borderline personality disorder, uh, but you can try some of those in addition to dialectical behavioral therapy. All right, the next cluster B personality disorder is histrionic personality disorder. Uh, patients with histrionic personality disorder often exhibit attention-seeking behavior and excessive uh, emotions or emotionality. They are often really dramatic, flamboyant, uh, extroverted, but unable to form you know serious, long-lasting, meaningful relationships. And the thing that uh, they really key on for histrionic personality disorder is people with this disorder are often overly sexual, uh, sexually inappropriate, and provocative. So the DSM-5 criteria for histrionic personality disorder includes at least five of the following. Number one, uncomfortable when not the center of attention. Number two, inappropriately seductive or provocative behavior. Number three, rapidly shifting but shallow expression of emotion. Number four, uses physical appearance to draw attention to self. Five, speech that is uh, impressionistic and lacking in detail. Six, theatrical and exaggerated expressions of emotion. Seven, easily influenced by others or their situation. And eight, perceives relationships as more intimate than they actually are. And again, you have to have at least five of those to be, to be diagnosed with histrionic personality disorder. Histrionic personality disorder is, again, uh, more common in women than it is in men. And the best treatment for histrionic personality disorder is uh, psychotherapy. Uh, more often than not, uh, CBT is going to be the correct choice for histrionic personality disorder. The last uh, cluster B personality disorder is narcissistic personality disorder. Patients with narcissistic personality disorder have a sense of uh, superiority, a need for admiration, and a lack of empathy. So basically, these patients consider themselves special, uh, better than other people, and uh, because of that uh, elevated sense of self, they will exploit other people for their own gain. But despite this uh, sense of uh, being special or this sense of uh, grandiosity, these patients will often have a fragile self-esteem. So the uh, uh, first aid for the psych clerkship uh, definition for narcissistic personality disorder is it's a pattern of grandiosity, need for admiration, and lack of empathy beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts. And again, uh, psychotherapy is the treatment of choice for narcissistic personality disorder. All right, let's move on to cluster C personality disorders. Uh, they include avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive personality disorders. 
And again, remember, these are the worried personality disorders. Uh, so these patients are often anxious and fearful of a certain situation that we'll talk about. So to start off, let's talk about avoidant personality disorder. Uh, patients with avoidant personality disorder have this pattern of social inhibition and intense fear of rejection in social situations. Uh, so they will avoid uh, situations in which they feel that they might be rejected. So this can include you know, going out with friends, uh, going and meeting new people, even you know, certain jobs where a lot of interpersonal contact is required, they will avoid these type of situations. And unlike schizoid personality disorder, it's not that they don't want to be in these situations. It's just that they have this intense fear of rejection when they put themselves in those situations. So they want to go out with other people. They want to be around other people. It's just that they are scared of rejection. It's uh, very important to distinguish the two. All right, so as far as treatment for um, avoidant personality disorder... It's really just psychotherapy. Again, uh, you can maybe try some SSRIs if there's comorbid uh, social anxiety disorder or major depression, uh, but the, the key treatment for avoidant personality disorder is going to be psychotherapy. All right, next is dependent personality disorder. Uh, patients with dependent personality disorder uh, have very poor self-confidence and fear of separation from another person. And this person may change over periods of time. Uh, maybe at first it might be their their mother, their father, uh, parent figure, uh, and then they get into a relationship, and then it becomes you know that significant other or that spouse. Uh, they just really are dependent on someone else to uh, be taken care of. And it's not necessarily that they're you know lazy and just want others to, to do everything for them. It's just they have this lack of self-confidence uh, and they just feel helpless when they're alone. So that's why they are you know really clingy to other people uh, in the sense of you know this feeling of inadequacy or feeling of, oh, I can't do something. I need other people around to help me. And it may be difficult to distinguish dependent personality disorder from something like borderline personality disorder. Uh, but with uh, dependent personality disorder, it's really they have this intense, long-lasting relationship with one person whom they are uh, dependent on. With borderline personality disorder, you know, they don't typically have these long-lasting relationships. They will have these intense relationships where they're very clingy to others, but typically they don't last very long. Uh, and also with borderline personality disorder, uh, the real kind of key buzzword is, uh, again, self-mutilation, suicidality, things like that. Um, these feelings of self-harm after that relationship has ended, whereas independent personality disorder it doesn't seem like they uh, have that as much. Another important buzzword for dependent personality disorder is regression. And regression uh, is defined as going back to a younger age of maturity. You often see regression in people with uh, dependent personality disorders, uh, which kind of makes sense. Uh, but again, regression is something to remember with dependent personality disorder. Uh, treatment of choice, again, psychotherapy, uh, typically CBT, and then pharmacotherapy, really not uh, useful independent personality disorder. 
And the last uh, personality disorder that we're going to talk about is obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. Patients with obsessive-compulsive personality disorder have this pervasive pattern of being uh, perfectionist, being really inflexible, uh, being very orderly, uh, and they become so preoccupied with these seemingly unimportant details to you know the rest of us that they're often unable to complete uh, certain tasks in a timely fashion. And that may affect uh, certain things like their work or their relationships with other people. Now, again, obsessive-compulsive personality disorder is egocentonic versus obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is egodystonic, which means that patients with obsessive-compulsive personality disorder, uh, although they you know, may appear really stiff, serious, formal, uh, have these you know, really important rules that they have to stick to, uh, it's really not affecting them. It's not affecting their, their view of themselves. It's egocentonic. Whereas, you know, again, with OCD, patients are, are aware that they have a problem and wish that, you know, those thoughts and those consistent behaviors would go away. Patients with uh, OCPD are not. The DSM-5 criteria for obsessive-compulsive personality disorder uh, includes at least four of the following. Number one, preoccupation with details, rules, lists, and organizations such that the major point of the activity is lost. Number two, perfectionism that is detrimental to the completion of the task. Number three, excessive devotion to work. Number four, excessive consciousness and scrupulousness about morals and ethics. Number five, will not delegate tasks. Number six, unable to discard worthless objects. Number seven, miserly spending style. And number eight, rigid and stubborn. And again, you have to have four of those to meet the criteria for obsessive-compulsive personality disorder according to the DSM-5. And I go over the DSM-5 criteria not so that you will remember each individual one or remember that, oh, you need to have at least four or five or six or whatever of the following to meet the criteria for the personality disorder. It's just so that you have a good understanding of, you know, kind of what the overall personality disorder is. Don't feel like you need to memorize each and every one. The treatment for obsessive-compulsive personality disorder is uh, psychotherapy. Again, uh, CBT uh, can be particularly useful. Uh, Pharmacotherapy, not necessarily uh, useful in OCPD. All right, so that completes all the personality disorders. Again, they're divided up into three clusters, cluster A, cluster B, and cluster C. Cluster A personality disorders include schizoid, schizotypal, and paranoid personality disorders, and they're the weird. Remember, uh, cluster A is weird. Cluster B includes antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic, and uh, cluster B is the wild uh, cluster personality disorders. And cluster C is avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive personality disorders, and those are the worried personality disorders. And to just kind of go over some of the buzzwords for each of these personality disorders as a recap, paranoid personality disorder, uh, they're really paranoid. Others are going to harm them. Their significant other is, uh, you know, cheating on them. Uh, Like all of these, uh, psychotherapy is the treatment of choice. But uh, for paranoid personality disorder, remember that a short uh, course of antipsychotics might be necessary. Schizoid personality disorder These patients have no desire for close relationships, and they just prefer to be alone. 
schizotypal personality disorder are people with you know the really magical thinking. I had someone describe it as like the Luna Lovegood uh, personality disorder. Antisocial personality disorder are those that uh, break the law, uh, have no regard for other people. Uh, they have to have shown traits of this before uh, the age of 18, at least since the age of 15. Uh, and under the age of 18, it's conduct disorder. Over the age of 18 is antisocial personality disorder. Borderline personality disorder, um, typically characterized by really unstable, intense relationships, uh, often have recurrent suicidal threats or attempts, uh, and uh, also have recurrent episodes of self-mutilation. They also exhibit splitting, remember, and then dialectical behavioral therapy is the treatment of choice. Histrionic personality disorder is characterized by someone being very dramatic, flamboyant, uh, often sexually inappropriate and provocative. Narcissistic personality disorder is characterized by someone with this sense of superiority, uh, a need for admiration, but still has a uh, very fragile self-esteem. Avoidant personality disorder is characterized by someone who you know really wants to have relationships with other people, with other groups, but due to an intense fear of rejection, they withdraw from these social groups or from potential jobs uh, where there's a lot of interpersonal contact. Dependent personality disorder, someone who is really dependent on one person and typically has a real long-term relationship with that person. And obsessive-compulsive personality disorder is characterized by someone who's really stiff, serious, and has this inflexibility and orderliness uh, to them. And remember that obsessive-compulsive personality disorder is egocentonic rather than obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is egodystonic. All right, so that concludes everything for personality disorder. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, hope you guys were able to learn something. Hope I'm able to help you guys out on your clerkship. That's really my only goal. Uh, if you could, take a second, leave me a review, and let me know, you know if you like it or how I can do better. Uh, I'm very open for suggestions and things. Again, I'm really only here to help you guys, so please let me know. And again, thanks for tuning in. You guys are awesome. You're going to crush your rotation, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.